This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? opening night and a big star drops dead on stage oh my god my leading man is dead is this really happening well you know who are we without a homicide the killer is someone in this room my show is hanging on by a thread here finding this killer is the only way you'll have a show want to make a podcast with me oh my god this is corny so (laughs) i know it is murder yeah, murder. Yeah. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin, and we are excited to be reviewing Season 3 of Only Murders in the Building, which is up on Disney. Um, Disney, And I don't know why I said Disney twice. I was like caught between Disney Plus, Disney Hotstar, Disney Hotstar Plus, and now um, it's just Disney Disney. No, pay me. Uh, this is what I'm saying because yeah. I said it's it. It's in our contract. Yeah. It's yes. so. Yeah. yeah. Fulfilled the three times. So... Anyways, we're talking about Only Murders in the Building, which, of course, stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. It's created by Steve Martin and John Hoffman. I've grown to love the show so much and and each season, I think, keeps delivering in new ways. Uh, There are many things about this season that I was unsure about as the season began. Uh, But by the end of the season, I, I think I'm firmly back to loving it. Particularly, I wanted to say I loved how much, and this might be a personal thing because I love musical theater. I loved how much the this particular season leaned into musical theater tropes. Oh, I, I love this season. Like I love, love this season so much. Um, I don't know if it was just the star power behind it, and there's, there's so much star power behind it, um, or just like Paul Rudd, the Cobro, uh, <laughs> doing a bunch of episodes in this season. Um, but but I, I liked it way more than season two. Like it's very likely my favorite season of the the whole Whoa. series. Oh, yeah. big call. Yeah. Or in line with season one. I don't uh, I like it more than season bit... two, but I still think mm. season one's a high point for me. It might be my favorite. Might so, be. so I will say that uh, I struggled a little bit with uh, I struggled a little bit with the beginning. So the first five episodes, I want to say, were felt a bit a bit distant. I was like, where are my favorites? What's happening? Why is it like this? And then. At the end, when it coalesces and the whole thing comes together and the meta-ness gets crazier and crazier and crazier, um, I I don't know, Arvin, I might have to, to think on it, but I really loved it. Um, the I will say that the ending, well, not the ending ending, because as we know, only murders always ends with a murder, but um, it's not a spoiler to say that. But the, the closure of the season made me the happiest of all three seasons. I think I can say that. Oh, it's a great ending pre-ending it's a great pre-ending to the season before before the mystery oh what else will they have to (laughs) investigate no i think the i I, correct me if i'm wrong but for me some of the initial is this really working for me actually had to do with the star power that you just talked about i mean because for a while it felt like the show was 
about well okay it's no it's no spoiler that Meryl Streep is also in this season she's in all the publicity material so Paul Rudd Meryl Streep so please call him Cobro <laughs> I can't take him seriously if you're going to say Paul Rudd the Cobro and Meryl Streep um, eat up a fair amount of episodes early on right so I started feeling like I was missing you know my dose of the Martins and Selena Gomez and the show keeps them apart for quite a while so that also I was like oh, why are they doing this I want to see them riff off each other um, but then it does grow into it. And then you realize that there's a reason they were putting all this in place. So the thing is, right, I feel like if someone's going to jump into a show and take time away from the leads or the people who we are familiar with, it might as well be Meryl Streep and mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. So I, I think like I didn't mind because it was them. I'm like, OK, you know, this is it's Meryl Streep and it's Paul Rudd. And if they are stealing the spotlight, it's it's so it, it's fine. Um and also, like, to be honest, right, we've reviewed a bunch of, like, mystery-type movies of late. Um, and this vibe is what I mean when I say that I want it to be fun. Like, this sort of thing. Um, it's what I wanted from Haunting in Venice. Uh, it's what I wanted from Glass Onion because it's so funny and the, the cast is stacked. But it's also, it's deep and it has its poignant moments. Um, and the, the timing of the humor between all the drama is, like, it's so perfect. Like, the writing is so sharp and so perfect. And, and I hope they maintain it for season four when that comes around. So I did miss them being together. I think that was the main thing because there's just something about... There's something about Mabel, bloody Mabel, hanging out with her besties, the two old men that... I just miss. And the fact that at the beginning of the season, you have them in a fair amount of strife and not really getting along. Um, I, I Maybe what it is, is I don't want life. I don't want mm. real life. I don't want have to think to, ha- to have to think about real friendships and how people do drift apart, um, how things change. I don't necessarily want that when I'm just watching these three people hang out with each other. Um, but I don't know if the season requires a summation. I think everybody gets it at this point that there is a murder and that there need, that murder needs to be investigated. I think where this season is different is that it sets it in a different art form than the podcast. So this season is really focused on musical, musical theatre um, because Oliver is back on Broadway And as you just heard in that clip a little while ago, um, his big moment is under threat because his leading man has been attacked. And they all feel differently about this. Um, Charles Hayden Savage, as played by Steve Martin, is also involved in the play, also has his own complicated feelings. So yeah, um, it's not necessarily, or it didn't look at first like it was going to be a murder in the building, but it turned out to be. It's also about death, rattle, dazzle, razzle. Yes. Da- which is it? Death, rattle, <laughs> razzle? Which of the Pickwick triplets which did it? Which of the Pickwick triplets? Oh, <laughs> that song got stuck in my head. So It's stuck in my head right now. It's Actually, I think why I grew to love it is because once they got into the thick of rehearsing the show, you actually get the show and then you get Omid B. So you have the plot that's happening outside. They never really tell you what the plot of the musical is either. So you're kind of like... Are the Pickwick triplet babies murderers? <laughs> so the plot of the musical, I'm sorry, this is just a sidebar, but if you need it convincing to watch the season for some reason, um, just know that it focuses on a play in which somebody is killed and the only possible people who are suspects are babies. And it's in a lighthouse. And it involves vampires. Yeah. Yes, somehow. somehow. 
and just, like breeding crab men. Yes. yes. Just know yeah. this and then and then think for yourself lah, whether also, this is what you want to be a part of. Yes, but also it has Meryl Streep doing possibly one of the most beautiful solos, <laughs> like singing. And and yeah. that goes back to what you were saying, Arvin, that the, the show this season is, inc- it, it always is, but in this season in particular, it's incredibly funny but then you have a heavy hitter like Meryl Streep actually having a plot line that, you know, once you find out what it is, is is like, it actually gets you. It's it's also, her role is also one of my favourite things because I, so I didn't know that she was in the season. Um, I didn't watch the trailers or, or see the posters or anything. Um, and, and the way they introduce her, and I guess this is not a spoiler, right? The way they introduce her is that she's an actor who's out of work, like no one wants to <laughs> yes. hire her. And so they show like the back of her head and she's like narrating and I'm like, oh, who could it be? And then it turns out it's Meryl Streep and I'm like, that is just genius casting <laughs> to, to cast her as someone who can't get work in a theatre or in any movie or TV show. So I think that that sort of set the tone for me and it happens in the in the first um, episode, right? So I'm like, okay, so this is the kind of show it is. And uh, that did a lot of heavy lifting for Mila going into the, the rest of the season. I think that the... We- We'll talk about the performances later, right? Um, but this is something that I made reference to when talking about Three Amigos yesterday. But I also appreciate the fact that when you bring it on stage, as as this season did, when they make it about a play, so sure, Meryl Streep um, of Mamma Mia fame gets to <laughs> gets to flex and you know show all the things that she can do. Uh, Paul Rudd gets to make fun of his Marvel ways and you know kind of riff on that but you also get Steve Martin whose whose comedy is so deeply based on music and his ability to do that um, you get Martin Short who can sing and dance yes. and do all these things um, you get two people who are very comfortable on stage on stage within the context of your show and then it just becomes really magical no it's it's great I think the way everything comes together the way the mystery on stage and the mystery outside um, are so seamless it's very entertaining like every episode was so entertaining I didn't watch it as it dropped weekly I, I sort of watched it uh, not all at once but perhaps over the course of a few days um, and Every episode just like, I, I was so glad there was another one to get to and I didn't have to wait a week for the next one to come out. And I also love the consistency of the episodes. Like each episode is narrated by someone else and has a focus on on one of the characters, right? And a lot of times I think when that happens, then you get like bottle episodes or you get episodes about characters that you don't care about. And you're like, oh man, it's about this person. Um, Not a single episode for me was a waste. Like each and every one was so funny and um, did so much for the the whole season. I loved it. I, I really love how the season was paced also. We're talking today about season three of Only Murders in the Building. Let us know if you've watched it or if you plan to. If you watched it, did you like it as much as we did? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Business, finance and music. BFM 89.9. Which of the Pickwick triplets did it? Who of the crew would commit this crime? My little brat make a mommy go splat. It's a story pretty gory for a nursery rhyme. Which of the Pickwick triplets did it? Which of the spawn had the brawn to kill? Will a baby get tried for matricide? Coochie, coochie, coo. Time for you or you or you to admit it. So quick as a whip, got a Pickwick, Pickwick triplet did it. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. We're talking about Only Murders in the Building, which manages to make 
on like a whole plot point hinge on whether or not Steve Martin can do a patter song. I know. <laughs> like the whole thing hinges on whether he can manage to do which of the big quick triplets did it. And you know, when he actually does it, you kind of feel... Fist pumped. Yes, because <laughs> yep. uh, the build-up to that, and yeah, like every bit of this was done so well. So much of it lies in their performance as well, though, right? Because this is season three, you've kind of gotten used to um, Oliver and Charles and Mabel. Um, it's really great the way they managed to elevate what you know of them. So uh, Oliver gets a, a romance storyline, which I thought was just the sweetest thing. Charles got this whole thing about... Um, facing his fears and and finding a new dimension of himself. Mabel recognises more of her relationships and what she wants out of life, which I actually loved every single one of the arcs in the show. I I am still amazed at how the Martins and Selena Gomez have so much chemistry. Like I was amazed at season in season one, and then I was still amazed in season two, and then I'm still I still don't know how this this trio works. Like the Martins, I understand, right? We've seen them like they've been friends and working together for ages, like decades. But Selena Gomez shouldn't work as the glue between them, but she's so good. And I I've liked her as an actor, uh, even in that uh, zombie movie, The Dead Don't Die. Um, and I really like her as the seasons go by. You know, like with each and every season, she brings something new. And, and I thought she was the snark and the attitude in this season, especially is on a, on a high. But Yala, um, I, I love how the chemistry just keeps building with the three of them instead of uh, diminishing. You know what's funny about this is that I, I think I laughed out loud two or three times every episode. There would be a moment where something yes. ridiculous would happen, like a white room situation <laughs> or, you know, just some other... Martin Short sound would come out of his mouth and I'd just be like, okay. And then I'd laugh out loud. But I also think that part of the chemistry that we're talking about is actually not just comedic um, because it's we've already referenced the fact that they, they disagree. There are things that they fundamentally disagree about. Um, the season also does a good job of exploring loneliness, particularly of each of them um, kind of how in many ways this little group is the only real thing that they each have, um, even though the show starts to branch out a little bit and explore other relationships. But I think that if you didn't believe that these people felt very very much for each other, not just in terms of comedy, that the show wouldn't work half as well. Oh, I absolutely want, even though it may not be true, that the three of them hang out outside in the They have life. a WhatsApp group. Yeah. So, so, I, so this is documented. So I do think you're right that you want, you have to be invested and believe in this trio uh, to buy into the premise of the show. And you have to in a weird way, you have to like each of them equally, even if you may like them differently. Because otherwise, one could become a little too annoying, or you might think one person isn't. But each of them has their flaws. Each of them has their really sweet sides. And when they come together, I love watching the three of them. And that's kind of proven when you see some episodes um, and you see Selena Gomez and and Martin Short together, um, Oliver and Mabel together, and sometimes you see Charles and Oliver together, and then sometimes you see Charles and Mabel together, and it's never like the three of them together in many episodes this season, right? And it still works. Like, you do miss the trio, but somehow the chemistry is just as strong when there are two of them in the same scene or in the same episode, and one of them is separated. And I thought that also was was quite cool, I also thought Paul Rudd did quite a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't think that I don't think that it's going to be a surprise to anybody. We're not breaking new ground here by saying, did you guys know Meryl Streep's a good actress? Did you know she could do this? You know, it's it's not exactly life-changing. But Paul Rudd, um, 
I think he's used to such brilliant degree here in the sense that he is he plays up that superhero thing um it's also he gets to be really ridiculous and funny because we know he can be but there's a fair amount of anger and pathos in the performance that also makes you care about what happens or happened to him actually I don't want to ding on Paul Rudd because I love him as an actor, but this might be the best thing he's done in a really long time. And and that's because what has he done other than Ant-Man and, and, and even before that, it was all the Judd Apatow stuff, right? So for a while now, he's got a sort of type. And then there was that one indie movie he did, which was admittedly quite good, but didn't do very well. This, however, like the the range in his performance, especially towards the later half of the season, I was like, wow, I've not seen him do this stuff. I mean, his best work was Cobra 2, but that <laughs> didn't age well for, for obvious reasons. Um, would, would you guys recommend like binging this or doing the, the weekly drop? So I think like in the three of us, Lynn, you... I did weekly. Uh, weekly. Yeah. And then we did like a binge, right? Like a semi-binge, binge, binge. like two episodes a day kind of thing. Uh, so I completed it in three days and I would strongly recommend a binge because I did the weekly drop for season two and maybe that's why I was a bit lukewarm on it. Uh, but they also make a joke about season two being the weakest link in the show itself. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe it wasn't just Mila, but uh, I, I would strongly recommend binging this over maybe a weekend. I would binge as well. So as you guys know, I generally prefer that anyway. This one was just because I love the show and so I wanted to, to know what was happening. Um, I think that the... The delayed gratification of uh, not knowing whether the show would finally bring the three of them back together was much worse when you go week on week. Yes, I can Because then it's another week Mm. of like, oh, okay, they're still fighting. And then it's another week. Like it's about Kimber, like what? Yeah, it's about Kimber or, you know, Tobert. Um, They have so much fun with that name. There's a character named Tobert. What is is Martin Toblerone? Yeah. Um, No, and later he goes Tobel. (laughs) And, you know, it's, I think, a mark of how good the show is that when you first hear the name, you're like oh that's ridiculous and then as the show goes on they make five or six or like ten jokes about this name and it's just building and building um anyways i i think that watching it week on week was a bit of a challenge i i loved it but if i could do it again i'd probably binge i'd only say a slow binge because i got sad when i realized there was only one or two episodes left and there was this real thing i actually then went on youtube and watched all the musical numbers so that i could stretch it out a bit longer it does go by fast. Mm. Like this is one of those shows where I wish some of the episodes were longer. They go about maybe maximum 37 minutes, 36 minutes. I wish they would go for an hour, some of them. Um, but it is some of the best late night, after dinner, during dinner kind of TV that I could ask for. It's like it's perfectly engineered for that sort of uh, watch. As a sidebar, how much do we think the guest stars matter? Because I know we're talking a lot about the main three and and I love them and I think that you could put them in like a bowl of oatmeal and then they're just complaining to each other (laughs) and I would still probably watch that for a fair amount of time. But if we're going to be frank, and I think we can because we have actually reviewed each season, Cara Delevingne was weak in, uh, yeah. in season two. Yeah. I think Cara Delevingne in many ways, um, in some episodes, kind of single-handedly caused a loss of interest. And we've already spoken about Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd, but there are also cameos from New York stage-based actors. I don't want to ruin it, um, but New York stage-based award-winning actors and they were so funny and they were used in in really clever and 
almost devious ways. <laughs> and I think that that's a part of what contributes to, to the success or the enjoyment of the show. I enjoyed that. So the cameo, I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that the reason the guest stars worked in the season is because they actually had a real reason to be there. It fit in the plot. There was a reason why they were around. Um, Cara Delevingne's character in the in the in season two, it almost seemed like they needed to pivot the show to accommodate her. Um, but no, I thought in this this season, every person who had like a scene, even Howard, um, Oliver's assistant, <laughs> Howard's, Howard's one of my favorites. <laughs> like every. Every bit that they added to this season was so great. No, I, I give a I give a lot of weight to the guest stars and the cameos and stuff. I not to bring up like haunting in Venice again, but it's the same thing I said for that movie, right? Like I wish the star power was increased or, or dialed up a, a few notches. They they do dial it up in this season, um, and I loved it. I, I give a lot of value to that stuff. We're talking today about season three of Only Murders in the Building, which we all really liked. Are we excited for season four? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Hundred yeah, percent. They do Although, a really good job. The way they ended, I'm just like, no. What is going to happen? I, I feel a loss. I feel a <laughs> loss too. already. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as we anticipate season four, uh, let us know. Did you watch season three of Omit B, Only Murders in the Building? Did you like it? WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also write to us at movies at bfm You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.